0: This podcast includes explicit language and sensitive topics that some may find offensive.
1: All views expressed belong to the individual speaking and not a representation of any entity that we have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. It's a chance to back out now.
0: That being said, if,
1: if not, enjoy, enjoy the show. but I agree
0: with you up until that point right there. folks. Just because you start one way doesn't mean it has to
2: be that one. three to to do something in sports. But I did not know that I'd wanted to do
0: two. You know, you hear somebody say like, if I try to get one, it's a neighborhood therapist. We're working out instead of blowing down on four twenty, and of course we always with Mike B. You. Yeah. And this is season two, episode 11 of the Black Man Misunderstood podcast. But I'm just a soul whose intentions are... we not going to waste no time. We're not going to play no games, man. It's 420. We understand how y'all feel. You know, you know, y'all rushing and itching to blowing down. Shit, you might be blowing <laughs> down while listening to this. No problem. No problem. But that don't mean we're going to shy away from the things that we need to get addressed up on here. So in a corny fashion, yo, Mike. What's up, bro? Come on. Come on. Come on. I need some enthusiasm because this is the one right here. All right, hey, come on, bring it, bro. you know, I'm ready. All right, all right. So why are black men afraid to speak about their shortcomings? Don't answer that yet. I'm going to say it again. Why are black men afraid to speak about their shortcomings? I'm going to add a question on top of that. What do you do when your man downstairs is acting up?
1: Oh. Damn, you try to hit us, you try to hit me with two low blows. Let's on? <laughs> all right. So before you answer that, right? If you
0: decide to answer that. Oh, the reason why I'm coming like that is because when we around each other, I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about black men. When we around each other, we always high-siding on each other. We're always trying to flaws. You know, we might have a real conversation, but we don't never get into the nitty-gritty, like, yo, fam, like I was trying to, it, it didn't work out, fam. Like, what I'm supposed to do. Don't have
1: those conversations. (sighs) All right. So I guess, I guess black men know in this country well, not even just this country, throughout history and across the world it's if we show our shortcomings, I guess, is more so as showing a weak side of us. Well, when when a black man, you know, rise into power into different locations we try not to show any weaknesses because if we show any sign of weakness they take advantage of it and throw it right back at us mm-hmm. so i guess that's the whole thing about the shortcomings and then having issues downstairs who actually want to talk about their business having issues down there it's between you and your lady and <laughs> go handle your biz. go check your doctor if you need to but don't just sit on it that's all i got to say about that
0: <laughs> okay, okay. See, and and I think I agree with you up until that point right there. Like how All right, so 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 P game P game If I don't know what's going on with me and you might have the answers cuz you didn't went through it already, you're not going to give me the information because you don't want me to ask you because you feel like it should just be between me and my lady. I'm coming to you as a man. You're not going to help your bro out, right? So I'm going to answer that question cuz I only I yeah. asked you the question but you didn't shoot it back yeah. to me. Right. So, in the rare event that my man is acting up downstairs, I drink water, I do squats. That works for me.
1: What? You ain't lie, because I always be <laughs> with <laughs> <laughs> my <I'm> just- <laughs> hey, bro. I'm
0: just saying, man. But listen, I brought that up because we got a super, super special guest on here, okay? We talk about health and fitness, and I'm like, that goes with it. Like, we don't have that conversation like, yo, bro, when you not up to the task. Facts. What do you do? Like, you just sit there and you make excuses or do you actually do something? And I wanted to throw that gym out there in case people don't understand. You can dead ass do some squats and drink some water and, you know, give yourself a little time. Recover.
1: Man, now that you think about it, yeah, I do drink. I'll be, be doing guzzling that water, though. <laughs> That'd Come on, be awesome. man. Talk to me nice, man. Come <laughs> on, Mike. Who, who we All got right. today, bro? All right. Coming on is this gentleman that I met during college through a fellow friend of ours, Mr. Alex Clark, founder of Primability. It's an organization that leads fitness events for youth and their families. Now, I introduce you guys to Mr. Alex Clark.
2: Yo, yo, yo,
0: what's going on y'all? We here for it, her. we here for it, her. how you doing?
2: Good man, good, I'm happy that to, happy to, 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 to y'all took the time, man. Happy to come on here. I heard a lot about y'all podcast and a lot about the work that y'all are doing, so I'm all down to, you know, to learn and grow from, from other fellow brothers as well, so I'm happy to be here. Respect, cool, cool, respect.
1: cool, cool. So I think I'm gonna start off like this. Explain to the listeners who is Alex Clark. Uh
2: just a just a young boy from Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, you know, graduated, well, grew up in the public school system, graduated. We started for high school back in 09. Uh went to Central Connecticut State University. Um, uh, so I studied pe- health and PE and kinesiology there. Um, and then as soon as I got done with school, you know, I took my, I guess like LeBron would say, took my talents to DC, um, and then really just started like discovering my life, you know, like really discovering like what, what it is that I want to do, what my niche is and, uh, started teaching right away and, and, you know, that really manifested into more community work and now it's just like, you know, I can't see a dead, like my, I know my, my passion is, right? My passion every day is working with students and, and work with families to to inspire so um, that's kind of like a nutshell of like who i am um, i think if you were to meet me you can see that like on my face all the time and you can kind of see that in the way i move um what i'm what i'm what i'm about um but uh but yeah man anything anything that y'all want to know uh more you can, y'all can always you know follow me uh, prime ability um that's the name of our organization and um check us out so because you know my mission is is strong
1: Definitely, definitely appreciate that. So, so you kind of started hinting there about what uh, health and fitness means to you because you went to school for it, PE, and everything. Uh, let's let's go let's go a little deeper into that real
2: quick. Yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah, um, you know, as a PE teacher, uh, you know, I say this a lot. You know, there's like this, um, I guess you would call it like a stereotype. There's a stereotype about our subject, right? If, you know, one 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 of the biggest things is that, like, you know, we we roll up, we, we roll the ball out, and, like, kids just start playing around and being active, and, you know, all your classes built around is kids playing basketball, and, you know, if they don't want to do it, they can sit on the bleachers. And, and, you, we, and we know all about, like, what our PE experience was when we were in high school, right? We knew the things that we, we did. We knew the things that was coming. We we, we we know if it was playtime and we know if it was like, you know, some serious like instructional time going on in your PE class. Um, and so, you know, health and wellness um, when it comes to a PE perspective um, is really less about, you know, I focus less about um, the physical aspect, you know, and I really, really focus a lot more on the mental and that social aspect because our kids got it, right? Our kids know how to play basketball. Our kids know how to run around. They know how to like, might I know the names of every exercise, but they know what they can do to be strong, to get stronger. Um, but it's really like that, um, that inspiration to use exercise to empower. And so like that's kind of what, um, you know, that's kind of like my philosophy. Um, so it's less about, you know, knowing what cardiovascular endurance is and how many you do in this amount of time and how much weight, weight you can put on the bench. But it's about like using the bench press right to empower students to think a little bit more and think more about their life right and use fitness to think more about um you know where they're trying to go um and so i think that's extremely important because you know i think that every subject that students take and every in every class that students take especially in high school um should be centered around you know life skills and centered around like car- character development um but you know, i just try to do my best in, in
0: infusing that yeah Man, that's profound bro
1: that's that's yeah. that was deep that was real deep yeah, man you, you just hitting all the questions already so <laughs> so you're already telling us why people should listen to you with health um and fitness but um yeah. let, 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 let's let's dive into uh, what you were saying about before about the mental aspect because I don't think a lot of people yeah. catch on to that part of it when it comes to health and fitness let, let, let's dive yeah, in a so, little bit on that yeah
2: so this year, um, you know, I started, well, 2000, 2020, um, I started um, hosting fitness events. You know, I, I was always, like, kind of on the side. Like, I, I, when I first started climbability, I would really just focus on that. Like, I was really um, centered around working with, like, top-level athletes and college athletes. Um, and so like, you know, down here, down in DC where I live, you know, it's a hotbed for high school talent, you know, not just for basketball or football. You know, we got like the math high school down here, St. John, all these like top level, um, top level high schools. Um, and that's kind of really, that's kind of really how it started. And then, you know, I, I, I moved over to community work, um, in 2020. And I saw like, kind of like what my impact was with just kids alone, working with kids could have that same impact with parents and help like mom and dad, m- mom and daughter be closer with each other because they might be going through a tough time. It'll help father and son connect with each other because father might be, might've been locked up. Father might've been away for a long time, right? And so um, I started like hosting like small workshops that kind of focused on those things. Um, and then, you know, I kind of created like like a tour, I, I guess you would say, uh, where, I, where I went to multiple cities and hosted like these big events um, and it was really in the wake of, um, you know, the social unrest in our country, right? The Black Lives Matter movement, all of these, all of these, all of this, like, you know, awakening, the, the great awakening, I guess you could say, um, that we had this summer um, with all the protests. So, you know, I started an event called Sweat It Out for Black Lives. And we did three different events. We did one here in D.C. Um, we did two in Connecticut, one in July, and then one recently that was in, uh, wrote out recently, but... In October 2020. Um, and then I I shifted that and brought it to colleges. So we did one at AIC. Um, and then we did one at Merrimack College there, there in New York. And so, um, you know, it's really has turned into like um, a more of a motivational movement. You know, we split our workouts not based on like body parts. I think a lot, a lot of times we go to, go to the gym and we're like, oh, we're going to do legs, right? And I'm going to do squats mm-hmm. first. Do like, you know, step ups or something like that after, right? But we centered around key terms. And so like our workout was, was centered around uh, resiliency. Our workout was centered around transparency, right? And what that means in your life, right? What does it mean to be transparent with yourself, right? What does it mean to be resilient about the things that you go through? And, you know, it really inspired others to work out harder, even during the events, right? Because You know, when you it's one one thing if you're working out with one person and you're just or or single by yourself, but it's another thing when you have a community of people that are motivating you, clapping it up for you, um, and really you know focus and really tuned in on the same the same objective. And so, um, yeah, so we we could you know I look forward to continue doing that um, you know throughout throughout the year uh, throughout this throughout this summer um, and into the fall, but. but yeah, man, it, I've seen it. I've seen. I've seen the change. I've seen like it. It started off as just like training people and wanting to work with people, and it's really turned into like a movement. You know, it, it really has. And um, I'm just happy to like continue it.
1: Yeah, man. You just touching on these different points, and I, I, I'm loving the work. And I love yeah. how you say it started for one thing, but it evolved into something greater than what you even thought it would have been. So, and I, and I think that's the piece that people need to understand that just because you start one way doesn't mean it has to be that one thing always. It can always expand and evolve into different patterns that you don't even realize it's going to going to do. Like that's a fact.
0: I mean, it's, so, it's all about adaptability at the end of the day. Yeah, man. And you know, even though he's doing what he's doing his full time, he at the end of the day, you're still an entrepreneur, right, Alex? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's parlayed
2: into so many different things. You know, like it's parlayed into consulting work. You know, I work with like so many different schools now. You know, building programs not not only in business in companies now, like building programs that um, are infusing like team bonding, like team bonding experience workshops with um, you know new employer, you know um, enrichments and opportunities and, and things like that. So um, freshman orientations at colleges, um, and so. You know, a lot of these things, the workouts that you do in fitness are always going to be the same. They're always the same, right? Like if you want to get stronger, if you want your biceps to get strong, you know exactly what you need to do, right? You need to go in the gym, you need to do curls, and you need to do straight bar curls and dumbbells, and you got to work on it, right? But it's so like the workouts are never going to change, but like the things that are going to inspire you to work out, those things can change, right? Like your inspiration can can always change, right? That's- inspiration from from multiple areas then you'll be fine right like some people you know i recently started listening to gospel music as i work out would i have done that when i was in college probably not most likely not right but it's like my inspiration has changed because like my focus in life is completely different than what my focus was when i was 19 20 21 and so and so you know I'm all about inspiration. I would never, I would not call myself, um, you know, an expert in like, yo, you want to lose 15 pounds in 30 days or something like that? Like that, I'm not that guy, right? (laughs) If you create like a diet plan or like you need a nutritionist, do not call Alice Clark. Like I'm not going to be that guy. (laughs) If you're looking for motivation, holla at me, right? If you're looking for like creativity and how, how like, and what my thoughts are about, um, social justice and what my thoughts are about, um, you know, teen pregnancy these days. So these are all the things kind of like what I focus on throughout the program, right? And so um, if you wanna know my thoughts about that, then absolutely like I'm the, I'm that guy. And so I think that, like in a sense, um, it's like counseling through fitness, right? Like we're counseling people mm-hmm. by helping them be more fit,
1: helping them be healthy. Definitely respect that, definitely respect that. Mr. Therapist, I'm I'm throwing the ball in your corner. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: you you want to get into the the nitty gritty, man, because you know you you miss a political over here. Hey, hey, we need to get into the nitty gritty. Come on, this all, <laughs> Let's right, be all
1: about the real. All
0: right, man. Well, Alex, I don't know how much you know about me, bro, but um, I throw blows at my guests, man. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I want I want the real answers, man. How does one create an organization like yours in another state? Like, I want you to talk about the blood, sweat, and tears of what it took for you to get to That's why I brought up the entrepreneur, because I know it's it was some sleepless nights. It was adaptability. It was some some things you're looking at. You're like, man, I don't know. You know, I, I I'm I might be speaking out of time, but I know there's times where as an entrepreneur, you're like, man, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, speak to that.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, Man, it has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's my hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But at the same time, the easiest thing I've ever done in my life because, like, I love it. That's the thing mm-hmm. of what I'm doing. So it's like, I don't even care. Like, it's, if it's a sleepless night, it's a sleepless night because that night is going so fast. It's going by so fast because I'm putting in so much work throughout that night. Right. So, like, I might be tired throughout the day, but, like, there's always something else to do. Like, there's always something else to push yourself and, like, how you can scale it and make it better. Um, I guess I could like, I guess I could really just talk more about like our biking program. Cause I think that like, that was the time in my entrepreneurship where, or, you know, in my professional life, you know, I'm a teacher full time, but this is kind of what I do. I wouldn't say on the side. Cause I would say I would do this full time as well. Um, but you know, when I started that, that was like the hardest thing, um, you know, being a black man, and teaching at a school. I teach at Dunbar High School in Washington, D.C. And so Dunbar High School is the first African-American school to open for black students um, in the country. So it's a historically black school. It's one of the oldest black schools in the country. Uh, It doesn't look like that now because it's like the school is beautiful. It's like glass, it's like a glass building now, but um, it's very, very historic. You know, Thurgood Marshall graduated from there. Um, You know, a ton of, of, like, professional athletes have graduated from there. So Dunbar is like really, really profound in the D.C. community, but also like nationally for like, you know, a lot of the things that we've accomplished. You know, our school is really centered around black studies um, and black engineering and black business. And so it's like it's really, really you, you feel the power, like when you come into the building. Day. Um, and so so that's where I teach. Um, and so like, as you can imagine, um, my school is War Five. So my school is um, predominantly it's ninety eight percent African American students. Most ninety eight percent free and reduced lunch. So my kids come from none of them come from affluent like you know neighborhoods. All of my kids come from the hood, straight up. You know what I mean? There's no other way to put it. Uh, and my kids go through a lot to get to school. You know every single day. And so you know, I feel for that. You know that that's a big part of my job is understanding that. Um, I'm sure you guys know about this as well. You know what I'm saying? We we, we, we see this perpetuate a lot in our community. And um, throughout the pandemic, you know, I was still like hosting events and things like that. And, you know, throughout that whole summer, I could have been like, yeah, this is lit. Like, we sweat off the of black lives. This is what Primability is. And like, we're great, right? So during the pandemic, um, I you know, I picked up, always was, was like kind of like a cyclist, like a novice, not a novice, but like a... Um, no, I, I would say like beginner stages cyclists. I, was, I would probably ride maybe like 20-25 miles on the weekend uh, for a good workout. And I picked it up more and more throughout the pandemic. And uh, I'm going through all these trails throughout DC and I'm seeing like these beautiful lakes. I'm seeing like all of these like, dude, like all this foliage and all, you know all these trees and these mountains. And you know I'm just thinking I'm like damn like I wonder if my kids have ever seen any of this stuff. Like, I wonder if my students have ever seen, like, they 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 rep D.C. all day, right? Like, if you holler at my kids, my kids will say, yeah, D.C. all day. Like, if I, if I say anything about Jersey, anything about Connecticut, nah, my kids ain't trying to get
1: hit- <laughs> D.C. You know wow. what I mean? Like, it's D.C.
2: Because, you know, like, they, they everybody gonna rep where they from, and so, like, when they hear me talk, I don't sell out like from D.C. I just don't, you know what I mean? I think throughout the years, I'll probably pick some stuff up, but other than that, like, I sound like i'm from new england i'm a new england boy you know what i mean you know i was like yeah have, have they ever seen um these things and so i hopped right on the internet like i hopped right on the internet as soon as i got back home um i got on facebook started looking at all these different like bike groups in dc yeah. and what do you see it's predominant white sport man you don't have black kids on bikes and if you do and if you do they- mm. And if you do, you remember when we was riding bikes as a kid, as kids. Like when you do, it's because you trying to go to Shorty House or you trying to go to the basketball court. You ain't riding, facts, like, but you you ain't you ain't hitting your boy up like yo Dre. Like you trying to go cycle today? Like nah, we riding our bikes to go to basketball or like to go to football. Like you know what I mean? So like. We're not looking at bikes that way, and if and we riding people on pegs and all of that. You know Yeah,
0: talk mean? about it. Like, <laughs>
2: that's what I'm saying we're not like on like real bikes with help. We're not. we not definitely not wearing no helmet, so we weren't saying <laughs> 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 you know mean? Like we just wasn't doing that because that's not cool. Like you know, and I wouldn't say it's a cultural thing because it's not. It's not. It's not something that's in our culture to say like black people don't wear helmets or black people don't ride bikes, right? But I think that like with a, with a lot of sports. And, and even in fitness, you know, there's this, there's this conception that like, you know, certain sports and activities are for a certain race. And that's kind of, that's like a big part of like my mission too, cause it's like, you know, you hear somebody say like, if I try to get, one of the hardest things was like getting these black girls to ride bikes and put the helmets on. Cause you know, black girls, high school, it don't matter what age, right? They got their hair. To put on, Number one. Right? Number one. So they'll put the helmet on, they'll like t- put the helmet like on top of their head and not strap it. I'm like, yo, <laughs> it's not gonna help you. Like you gotta put the helmet on. But like, yeah, like that was a big like how I started that, you know. I really wanted to change like the misconceptions of what like diversity in sports really looks like, right? So it's like black kids, like we're about to start a um in well, we started already, but in September, we start a cycling league, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be the first youth bike team, cycling team from DC, all black team, right? It's going to be all black kids, right? And it's going to be,
1: but like, I'm looking at the
2: videos and I can show you you some videos later, but like, I'm looking at the videos and all of the races before, man, like, first of all, biking is expensive. Like these bikes cost thousands of dollars, like really good, great bikes cost thousands of dollars. And you're looking at all these races, and like it's all white kids, man. It's all white kids. It's all white kids, bro, it's that's all it is, right? So it's like, I'm sure my kids that's gonna be the first time they see like more than three black kids at an at an event, I'm sure right mm-hmm. and so we try to change that, right? We're trying to change that. And so, you know, at first, when I you know I started on the Facebook, you know, I'm taking all these bike groups obviously, you know he's mostly white people. this is mostly mm-hmm. um. You know pretty rich people as well you know it's, i think it's a rich man's sport kind of like golf like if i was looking mm-hmm. for a bunch of clubs it'd be rich people donating that stuff to me right and so um you know looking up bikes little by little you know my principal is super supportive she helps me get like u-haul trucks so i'm picking up all these bikes but like some bikes are good some bikes aren't good all right. And we learned that on our first couple of rides right but then you know you keep grinding keep grinding more and more you start getting grant money you start um Pe- more people are fun- more people are donating to your program and the more and more you work you know right now we're set to go with like like a great uh, i would say we have around like hun- around 125 bikes and they're all really really good good bikes like great functioning bikes right and so we had a different level with our program now but that i mean again that's i started that in, in, uh, in august and our program went to november Thank and look where we are now you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, when we talk about like um like entrepreneurship, I think that was the original question. Like we talk about entrepreneurship and like you know, how do you just start something like that? Man, I just just start with your heart. Like it just start with your heart. You know what I'm saying? I'm just now, I'm just now putting the paperwork for a 501c3. I was never, it was never a non-profit. Wow. It, it was wow. just, it was a non-profit. Yeah, but by, by definition, it's a non-profit. I'm not yeah. making pay for this or nothing like that. But I'm paperwork paperwork in for that. So like, I'm probably not gonna hear back from that until like June, July, you know what I mean? But um, who cares, right? Like who cares about that? Because again, like it's got nothing to do with money. So people who, who, you know, reach out and want to fund us, I just tell them Mm -hmm. buy the kids stuff. Don't give the money to me, just buy the kids stuff. So that's how we were able to fund like things like hoodies. So the kids look like coordinated while they're in the streets, you know, bike lights. All of these different types of gloves, like all these different types of things, because um, you know it really was like a, a whole community effort. So I think, like as an entrepreneur, especially if you're an entrepreneur like me that um, works in the community and like wants to scale kind of like your activism, like don't, yeah, you can do it by yourself, like all the like the groundwork, but like use the community, man, use because nobody's asking for money. Like people really want to help. Like so, use your community. Be careful, like who you use, right? But like true, true. You you use your community. I think one of the biggest things in this last uh, last last part, I'll touch on this part. But um, the biggest, the hardest part with like using the community was just making sure that all of all of these people that are reaching out, especially white folks, right, aren't using our kids as like publicity. Talk on it. Like, man, Mike, I've gotten, Mike, I've got every, like, about this program, I've gotten, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of emails, bro. Like, thousands of emails from, like, August to now about, like, how can I help out? Can I volunteer? Can I do this? Like, all the time. You know what I mean? All the, it happens, like, at least five times a day. Like, and so, you know, at first, you just had to make sure that it wasn't going to be, oh, somebody shows up to volunteer take a picture with with three black kids and be like, yeah, I helped out, like community service. Like, nah, because our kids read that too. Like, our kids know what that is. that Mm -hmm. kids know exactly what that looks like. You know, last year we had Jeff Bezos, um, you know, founder of Amazon. He came into one of our engineering programs. And again, like, our kids don't be, like, our kids know about Amazon, but our kids don't don't know who Jeff Bezos is, but like, they don't be looking Mm -hmm. up, they they, don't. they, they don't look up to they look up to like people that appeal to them. LeBron mm-hmm. James, you know, KD, they, they don't maybe even Barack Obama, but they're not looking up to Jeff Bezos just because he a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, one kid like turned around like in a video and asked his classmate, who is that when Jeff Bezos came in? And so the media played it like, oh, this kid's so disrespectful. Like, how could he not know who this person is? Oh. What are they teaching these kids? You know, all this stuff. And it's like, first of all, bruh,
0: unless you're giving this man, this kid a thousand dollars. Bro, what are you doing? Why would you cut that off like that? That's it, man.
1: That's it.
0: What you mean? I know it's more than that. You just cut my man's off in the middle of his
1: sentence. There is, but you got to head over to the BMM Patreon to access the rest of the episode, bro. Come on, man. A paywall? Look, if you really rock with us, the BMM podcast, it's only $3.99 a month for full access to our videos and audio episodes. $3.99
0: a month? So we talking about like $3.99? Hmm. That's not
1: too bad. Where do I go? Patreon.com slash BMM podcast. That's Patreon spelled P A T R E O N dot com slash BMM podcast. That's it, man.
0: Hey, less, I'm there.